It's Monday and it's time for episode... No. Hey! No. (laughs) Hello and welcome along to series two, episode two of Adventures in New Music with myself, Chris, and my co-host, Andy. Today, we're going to be tackling two new albums. First up, we have Takazin by Radio Supernova. And secondly, we'll be looking at the seven-foot-tall post-suicidal feel-good blues by Nancy. On with the show. All right, then. How are we doing? You all right? Not so bad. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, I like the beard. Looking, Thank looking you. well. Looking very Thank well. You. Yes. Mm. It's, yes. Uh, it's a little lockdown experiment. A lockdown beard. Lockdown beard. I've really started missing um, holidays. Where did that come from? I don't know. I've just okay. just just putting it out there. Yeah, I have. We were gonna uh, go away end of March, beginning of April, and uh, we've had our flights cancelled. It was. It didn't seem optimistic when we booked it. It was like, oh, it'll be sorted by then. Mm. It's not. It's not. Should we get on to music? Let's get yeah. on to more positive things. Music. <laughs> Have you been um, anything to report on before we hit our hit our albums tonight? Yeah, yeah. I've got a few a few good finds. Uh, you mentioned the other week about like, don't you hate it when you find a track and you're like, oh, brilliant, this is great. Let's have a listen to this, and you find out it's off an EP, and you're like, ah, oh yeah. yeah, immediate disqualification from uh, from the adventures. But uh, having said that, I've listed four good EPs that oh, nice I've discovered of varying genres. Um, First is by Emma McGrath. It's a sort of pop folk, fairly slick uh, type of thing. It's called Settled in Motion and then in brackets, Silent Minds Part 3. And it's a sort of, you know, Julia Jacqueline, that kind of sound. Yes. Really cool. Really good stuff. So I I recommend that. Another one, uh, it's kind of uh, acoustic, folky, Emiliana Torini type Stuff, do you know her? Kind of Icelandic. No. Oh, she's great. But anyway, the uh, the EP is by Sadie Gustafsson Zook, which is one hell of a name. And it's just called Volume One. And that's just a collection of really nice songs that I highly recommend. And uh, this is a, a great name for a band. Spiteful Bum uh, have got an EP out called Bum Spiteful. Oh, nice. Uh, it's five songs. It's 12 minutes long. It's really, really lo-fi um, kind of bedroom rock, yeah. but it's it's pretty cool. Ah. And then the last one I want to talk about is by Freddie Mercury, which is basically Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> is that <laughs> intentional? Yeah, well, I hope so. Otherwise, it's very coincidental. They've replaced all the R's with L's in Freddie Mercury. They're a Belgian like uh, metal band, and it's proper, you know, upbeat kind of. <laughs> Double kick all over the place, heavy metal from Belgium. Okay. And the EP, or I think it might just be a single, is called T-Shirt Van Fleddy Mercury. And it's, uh, <laughs> I love it. it's really, really good. Really <gasps> joyful. But that's my that's my list. That reminds me of, you know, the actor from um, The Wicker Man, Edward Woodward. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he took all the O's out of his name, it'd just be Iwa Wuwa. <laughs> I remember there was one as well. If you said his name backwards, it was Geordie Doodoo. <laughs> oh, dear me. I remember my, one of my mum's favourite jokes when I was growing up was uh, if, uh, if Whitney Houston married Jean Pitney, she'd be called Whitney Pitney. <laughs> it's a joke, joke corner over here. Oh, it's very good. Adventures in new humour. 
<laughs> eventually new humour but yeah. if, as long as that new humour involves Edward Woodward and Gene Pitney <laughs> some outdated references there apologies to any listeners we have effectively isolated now yeah. uh, shall I uh, shall I tell you what I've been listening yeah, to tell me okay a um, couple of albums to recommend have you heard the new Weezer album Oh, no, Van Weezer, is it? No, 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 no. So no. Van Weezer is coming out in a couple of months, but uh-huh. they've uh, put a, put an album out, like completely out of the blue, put an album out um, this week called OK Human. Let me tell you a little bit about OK Human. OK Human features a 38-piece orchestra, no click tracks, no computers, and no guitars. Okay? Direct quote from Rivers lead singer of Weezer. I knew this day was coming. I've always been a huge fan of classical music and opera. So I went into this album, massively sceptical, of course. Um, Big question is, you know, as impressive as it might be to write an album like this, is that what I want from a Weezer album? Um, It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I do like it. It's not like a particularly long album, so you can listen to it and have a listen. It's a bit sort of, um, uh, he's, he's very sort of anti-tablets, anti-phones, all this sort of thing. Like He's obviously been sat around his house and he's, his kid and his wife are just on the phone all the time. <laughs> and a lot of the albums are like stuff like that, looking at my kid on the tablet again, all that sort of business, <laughs> um, which gets a little bit sort of grating. But... Um, it's really good, and the drumming is superb on it. I always enjoy the uh, the drummer. I think he's called Patrick Wilson, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I always enjoy the, the the drummer from Weezer's playing. I think he's he's re- one of those drummers. He's, he's dead simple, but you'd absolutely sort of bet your house on him never missing a beat. You know, yeah, he's yeah. so solid. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I'd recommend that. Okay, oh, nice Human one. by Weezer. Um, what a curveball! I know the um, the second album that I listened to this week that I've really enjoyed is. Uh, Phoebe Bridges' new Bessie mate, Arlo Parks, her new album, which is called Collapsing Sunbeams. Um, that's good. That's really is it? good. Yeah, just a just a real nice sort of solid poppy R&B record. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I, I saw that was out. I obviously know of Arlo Parks because of Phoebe Bridges, and I was going to check it out. But... Me too. But cool. um, yeah, that's that's worth listening to. And then a couple of songs that I've been, uh, that I'd like to draw your attention to. Well, one of them, sort of coming back at you from last week, you recommended the new Otis track. Mm-hmm. Have you heard it? No. It's brilliant. Is it good? So it's it's explicit, ridenly, fantastically amazing. <laughs> it's um it's so sweary, but it's it's nothing like the album. It's nothing like the, the album that we enjoyed. Really? Check it out. Check it's, it out, see what you think. I saw it was out on week. um I saw it was out on Saddle Creek. So they're obviously sort of I don't know. They weren't on Saddle Creek before, were they? Was that is Saddle Creek? That's uh, Connor no, uh I don't know, maybe, but it's Bright Eyes is the kind of the linchpin of Saddle Creek. Ah, uh, okay, right, right. And vice versa. I think it was right. a vehicle for Connor Burst's uh, early releases. It, well, it's also got a guest vocal on it as well. Who is it? Female guest vocal, Steph Cura, I want to say her name is. Mm. Um, it, just check it out, see what you think. I will. Check it out and see what you think. And my second uh, track, which is... The, all, already got my nomination for the best song name of the year. It's called <laughs> Let All the Poisons That Lurk in the Mud Seep Out. And this is by uh, Kelsey Lou and Eve's Tumor. It's a duet. Nice. Um, and it also features on drums Moses Boyd, who um, whose Mercury-nominated album Dark oh, yeah, Matter yeah. massively impressed me last year. Um, really interesting track, a real track of two halves. So you've got like the sort of first half is a real sort of layback electronic 
sort of tune. And then the second half almost goes into a bit of Latin jazz, like for the for the second half. It, but it's only like a sort of three minute odd song. It's not like a massive epic. Oh man, really if interesting. You've got, uh, if you've got Eve's tumor involved, he's gonna he's gonna stop you. Halfway oh, through an idea and go, we'll take this another way. Thanks a lot. Of course you he leave is. it here. You know, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll finish it off. You sure? You, par- you park it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So that is my musical ref- recommendations for this week. Very good. Very good. I've, uh, I've listened to a few other albums, but I reckon they can wait for another time. Should we, uh, should we get into our new records? Let's dive into them. Let's do it. Yeah. Right then. Where are you? There you are. So first up, it's your album of the week, isn't it, Andy? It's me. Uh, well, it's not me. It's Radio Supernova with their album, Takasin. Right then, uh, let me tell you a bit about Radio Supernova. So Radio Supernova are a five-piece who hail from the city of Tampere. I think that's how you pronounce it. My pronunciation might be all over the place in this little segment. Uh, City of Tampere, Finland. According to their Facebook profile, the band came into being through a love of wall of sound guitars and sonic textures that reach to the stars. Their sound can definitely be said to owe a lot to shoegaze. But the band have coined their own genre to describe their sound, Mansagaze, which is an affectionate nod to a nickname for their hometown. I don't think there's any other kind of red. I can see you looking at me like I don't know what else it could mean. Anyway, <laughs> while their reverb soaked layers of guitars, swirling production, and all but buried vocals hit a number of traditional shoegaze touch points, the tracks on Takaisin are far more expansive taking in elements of post-rock, dream-pop, post-punk, new wave, and post-hardcore. I hear shades of Sigur Ross, The Cure, Cigarettes After Sex, and dare I say it, at the drive-in at various points. So the band is Inkeri Raikkonen on vocals and piano, Otto Contio on guitar and backing vocals, Henry Tuanen on guitar and synth, Riku Haikinen on bass and guitar, and Tuomas Haikura on drums. And I just wanted to say all that because I love their names. Vowels all over the place, you know, yeah. what finishes like. Anyway, it's a splendid array of great sounding Finnish names. In Kerry Raikkonen's vocals are delivered in Finnish, which means I don't understand any of it, but it's quite bewitching to hear and delivered flawlessly. Takaisin, released 15th of January, is Radio Supernova's second album and follows 2019's Tartin. According to the band, Takaisin is more bleak, cold, melodic and moody than its predecessor and the songs orbit around, and I like this, this is a direct quote, the tempting but conflicting desire to both transform and return to one's roots at the same time. I mean, lyrically, it's all in Finnish, so I have no idea if they pull it off, but it sounds... Impressive. So, Chris, a question. Mm. Radio Supernova, shoe gaze or new gaze? <laughs> no gaze. Dreadful. Dreadful. It might but, be better in a Scottish accent. Go on, try it. Sh- shoe gaze or new gaze? <laughs> Did you like it? What do you think of it? So, <clears throat> what was the track you heard on this album going into it? So the first track I heard was track one, Tamiku, which ah, okay. is uh, you know fair, one of the more kind of 
I don't know, faster rocking affairs, I'd have said on the album. Yeah. Um, it's So that starts, it's sort of very uh, bass-driven. I mean, in fact, the whole album is very bass-driven, but it, first of all, it's, it's got a very, very particular bass sound, which, rightly or wrongly, always sort of conjures up the image to me of a large Ampeg cab. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of yeah, got yeah. that really sort of driving. And um, that opening track is is really good. Really, really good. The second song, which is called... <gasps> Vaki Valtar. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I was thinking that. Oh, it was a bit like Wacky Walter. <laughs> Wacky Walter. Like. No. Anyway. Um, it's also really good. And it continues to be really good. <laughs> but... <laughs> It just gets incredibly samey very quickly. How did you think? Yeah. Because the more I got into this album, the more I started picking out the differences between the songs. Like, I think it begins quite kind of fast and quite upbeat. Tamiku, I think, kind of... I think it brings in so many kind of elements of, of what they do really early. But they also build really slowly, which is quite cool, you know. Sort of the track fades in, and then the drums and the bass sort of establish mm. themselves, and then the guitars sort of... You don't know what they're doing. I love a song that does that. It just you hear all the parts. And you're like, "Is this? Where's this yeah, going?" Yeah. And then, poof, it's off, and you go, "Oh, there it is." And then it gradually everything slows down. For like the first four tracks, it's like you know, it's at 100 percent. Then it's at 90 percent. Then it's 80 percent. There's a 70 percent. By track four, it's sort of synth and guitars. It's very laid back and quite quite slow. Shows off a bit more of the vocal range. You see, it's quite an interesting setup on the album. It is quite it, the way it's an eight-track album, and basically what you've got is you've got three average-length songs, mm-hmm. and then you've got almost like a centerpiece, like track four and track mm-hmm. eight are both long. Mm. I think track eight's like nine minutes, like clocks in at nine minutes. Yeah, it's one of the longer. It's quite interesting. It does definitely feel like two very definitive halves of an album. With those sort of separating them, do you know what I mean? Mm, because I'd say that track one and track five are, are the two kind of rockinest songs. They're yeah. almost like, you know, the biggest, fastest, punkiest songs on the album. Uh, track seven, Erusio, is probably the poppiest. It's, you know, the shortest. It's three minutes and 26. Yeah. And it reminded me of something like Dead Souls by The Cure. Very... Sort of, I love the guitar that plays throughout the album uh, mm. in the higher registers. Uh, there's a real kind of, it's like you take the low road, I'll take the high road between a guitarist. I think it's quite cool the way it all sounds. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, track eight, it's definitely the kind of sprawling epic op- uh, ender. Uh, Utopia. I've got to say, that's my favourite on the album, that. Oh, is it? Yeah. See, I, I like it. It's slow build, the way the vocals sort of... Just, just sort of sweep in, and then, and then it's over two, it's over two minutes before the drums kick in. It's, it's yeah, really, uh, but when they do, they start sort of naturally speeding up throughout the track. Yeah, and yeah, you know that I, I love that sort of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan when that's like pulled off well. Um, but also, it's got, especially towards the end, it's got quite a prominent piano part in it. Yeah, and I just feel like it was something a little bit different. I think that's why it's sort of, yeah. I, I enjoyed that one. It's like great. I, the song itself is great. I don't know. I don't want to. You, you, you say what you like, pal. You say what you like. It's difficult. Although I'm, I'm, I'm saying that it's samey. The, the thing is with it is, I think, genuinely do think, if I'd have heard any of the songs off this album individually, I would have picked this album for the podcast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they all are very, very strong songs. It's not like. 
the first two songs are great and then the album goes downhill. It doesn't at all. It absolutely doesn't. It's very, very strong. But I do struggle with this album from start to finish because I find it very samey. And I think what I find very samey are the sounds, not necessarily the songs, but it's Mm -hmm. the sounds. It's the fact it's drenched in reverb, Mm -hmm. it's drenched in chorus. And when it first starts off, you're like, "This this is great. But then um, it just sort of, in a similar way, similar sort of listening experience. Do you remember Hum in like yeah, Hum yeah, yeah. last mm-hmm. year? Similar sort of thing with that. That I found was, I, I really enjoyed the album, but it got very samey and I struggled to do it in one sitting. And I kind of feel the same way with this album as well. And and I can only think it's because of the, because of the sounds on it, because it's certainly not the performances. The performances on the album are, are, are absolutely fantastic. There's some great playing. Um Drums in particular, amazing. Really good. This is a great drum album. Really good drum album. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think it's a fantastic drum album. But it's I've, I've sort of gone backwards and forwards a little bit of like, what <laughs> is it that's just kind of not doing enough to hold my attention for the full album? I don't. It, I certainly don't think it's it's the fact that it's non-English language spoken because that's never been an issue with any other albums that we've heard. Mm-hmm. So I can only think it's it's sort of the it's the sound of the album that's yeah, just yeah. quite well. I mean it. it I can't. Not, it's definitely all got the same feel to it. It sounds like it's. I picture them all standing in a massive cave, like recording yeah. this. The, the the reverb on it is just enormous, and when you when you listen on headphones, the kind of depth and breadth of the production. Sometimes we listen to records, and you can hear it all kind of production wise. You can hear everything, but it's all kind of yeah. stacked one on top of the other. Sometimes you hear it, and it's just it's really like panned, really wide, and everything seems to come from everywhere. This is just like. It, everything's miles away. It's like whoa! The, just the reverb is huge. The, the mm. breadth of listening experience is huge. Um, it it probably does uh, do something. Uh, you know, it, it probably does make the songs feel a bit similar and kind of hard to differentiate. They do. They they all seem to have a very similar role in the songs that they play in. Like I do think the guitar interplay is superb, but they seem to carry off the same trick every time. Now I really like that. And I got into the kind of intricacies of that and the fact that they kind of, sometimes they mess around, they don't establish a riff and then sometimes they do. It's like like from the opening of um, Tamiku, the guitarist goes high straight away and sort of throws a bit of a riff in there and you're like, is that your is that the riff you're sticking with for this song? And he's yeah, like, no, yeah. no, it's not. Ah, he's, he's cracked out a different riff like, I don't know, 10 seconds later and it's like, ah, oh, this is the one that's going to get us going. Yeah. And then on something like track three, now this this is the one um, that reminds me of Apple Driving, and and uh, it's called Fapa, and it's probably my favourite track off the album. It's got a really lazy beat to it, and it sounds like Quarantined, uh, which is oh. my, my second favourite track off my favourite album of all time, Relationship with Command. Track nine, um, and the one that starts with like Thunder and Lightning. Yeah, yeah. And it just sounds really like that. Slower still than track two. You know, as I said, tracks one through four just seem to kind of slow kind of more and more with each track until it picks up again in track five. But that seems to make it much more powerful in a way. It's not all out kind of fast or anything else. It's just got a slow sort of mm. kind of head nod to it. Much darker. Very cool. Um... But I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think I saw the hum thing as well. But I much prefer this to the hum record. And yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't dislike the hum record um, mm. at all. Uh, I think I just struggled with it in the same way 
as you did last year this. Mm. and um and yeah as as you as you might be with this but i highly recommend you uh go away think about what you've done <laughs> and <laughs> No, no, I'll definitely continue to listen to it. I'll definitely continue to listen to it. I'm not. I am absolutely not writing this off. This isn't a. This isn't a bad album. You know, mm-hmm. this is not a bad album. Um, yeah, just think I need a bit more time with it. Really, that's all right. I, I go away and listen to um, Night on its own, which is track six, and that one I, I think um, really I don't know opened up the album for me because I feel like track four is is your kind of epic centerpiece it moves yeah. around and it's got all these loud and quiet movements and pace changes and it's it shows off a lot of the other side of the band but track six just really takes on this sort of Seeger Ross um vibe which I mentioned in the intro and I think the Finnish language thing helps because you know I don't understand what Seeger Ross are saying about if if they're even speaking a language yeah um and so you know it's got that ethereal quality to it but it just i don't know it's an epic song and it's uh again ton of reverb ton of delay but it's uh it's probably the slowest track on the album that for me was really i don't know bit of a bit of a uh, almost like a gateway to the the other side of what they do you've got the tamaku right. side which is really rocky and really cool um and you see that elsewhere as well but i think night for me was or nit I don't, I don't know how to say it myt yeah. um have a listen to that on its own and just you know enjoy that and see see if that opens it up a little more because cool. uh my my view i think this is a great album I, I'll, I'll keep listening to it and I'd, I'd love to see it live because i feel like it would be a bit of a an event especially if it was in a massive cave yeah I mean, it strikes me sometimes with albums like this, it kind of, it, it's that whole thing where it makes more sense when you see it live and it almost mm. unlocks the album to you further, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. how many times have you seen a band um, and they've played a song off off an album, a song that you don't particularly like, and then they play it live, oh, maybe yeah. not one of your favourites, they play it live and like you, that's the one you're coming away f- from the gig listening to or wanting to listen to. Oh, absolutely. God, you know, I remember funny, getting into um, I remember getting into Muse after seeing them live at, at like Reading in 2002 or something and... Oh, I, I think I had the first two albums and was like, yeah, this is, this is interesting stuff. And then you're like, oh, wow. Like, I've just seen how this mm-hmm. is delivered. Oh, I'm so into this. And then you get, you get really into it and, you know, a band that you might end up loving. Yeah, 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 totally know what you mean. So it might, a little bit of that kind of live context might open it up a bit more. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, totally. So um, <laughs> what song are you going to put on the playlist for us? I think, oh, you know what? That's really hard because uh, I ended up picking a few that I really, really liked. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with track three, Vapa. I don't know how to put inflection on that right, but um, V-A-P-A-A. They're very fast and loose with the vowels, aren't they? In, yes, in, in fin- Finland. Uh, just throw them around. But uh, yeah, Vapa is uh, a quality track. Really rocky and really cool. Uh, reminds me of one of my favorite records of all time. So right in there. That's it. Cool. All right. Let's move on. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to The Middle Bit. And I'm here to tell you about some things. One of them is that you can buy us a coffee if you like. And we like coffee. And uh, if you go to the uh, website, there's a link there that will take you to buy us a coffee which is one of those things you can do and we'll probably use the money to uh we'll buy we'll buy we'll buy a coffee with that money if you buy us a coffee 
and also, uh, don't forget, you can access the playlists, the Adventures in New Music playlist, which are available on Spotify and Apple Music. Click the link on our website and you'll be taken right to your preferred vendor. And what else is there? Oh, yes, contact us. Uh, Adventures in new music at gmail.com with any recommendations, any news. If you're an artist yourself and you've got a new release coming up, do get in touch. And also on Instagram, Adventures in New Music. On with the show. So we've heard from a listener. We have. We've had a listener correspondence. Um, Chris has very kindly sent us a little uh, clip in with his thoughts on one of last week's albums, the um, Viagra Boys' Welfare Jazz. Shall we hear it? Yeah, let's see what he's got to say. I haven't heard anything of this band before, uh, and I banged this album on at half past six in the morning on the way to work, so they hit me quite fresh. Uh, I thought it was a great start to the album, some really cool bass, and really enjoyed all the bleeps and the synths and the cool noises and stuff. Uh, when the vocals kicked in, I thought it was going to struggle, uh, but it wasn't the case. Really enjoyed it. Uh, once I'd given it a few listens, really settled into the album and picked up on sort of the dynamics between each of the tracks. Uh, quite surprised by a bit of flute in there, and I quite liked uh, sort of country departure at the back end of the album. I thought that some of the songs, although they hit strong, there was a gradual build to them still and a layering in there, that which reminded me a bit of LCD sound system. And definitely picking up on some eels in there as well, particularly sort of Sebastian's voice on a few of the tracks. Uh, standout track for me was Into the Sun uh, and also really enjoyed track 10, I Feel Alive. A really great album. I'll keep listening to this and I'll check out some more. So that was Chris there, who's, uh, who's clearly enjoyed the album. Yeah, he spotted some of the things we uh, we spotted last week. And uh, yeah, the eels thing. I found that quite interesting because they don't really sound like eels, but there's a definite sort of it's funny, isn't influence it? in there. Yeah. Good shout on LCD sound system as well, though. Good yeah, shout. yeah, I didn't think about that one. But I think, interestingly enough, like Chris sort of touched on a point, which um, I think we spoke about as well. I think this album is an album that you've got to sort of live with a little bit. And, you know, mm. it, it can be a bit difficult first listen. I, I mean, I said it was the, the third time through was the magic listen for me when it all of a sudden yeah, you did slotted so. into place. Mm. So, um, yeah, great. Thanks for getting in touch, Chris, with that. If you want to get in touch with the show, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love um, more more audio clips would be lovely. If yeah. you want to do, a, do us a quick, uh, that was a really nice touch. If you want to do us a, a little uh, audio review, then please do. You send them to um, adventuresinnewmusic at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you've heard any of the albums you've got any thoughts on, please, please, please do share. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Lovely. So, album number two this week. This is, this is your choice, Chris. What have you, uh, what have you done? It is my choice. So my album for this week is The Seven Foot Tall Post-Suicidal Feel Good Blues by Nancy. Andy. Hmm. Who's your favourite Nancy? Uh, probably Sinatra. Uh, although I, was, I did in, always enjoy Nancy from Oliver as well. That's mine. That's what I was going to say. Really? Good choice. Yeah, Nancy from Oliver. She had it tough, didn't she, with old Bill Sides? Oh, she, yeah, you know, heart of gold. And yeah, it didn't end well, did it? Awful. No. Awful. Bless her. Yeah, Nancy, Nancy's my, fa- my favourite Nancy. Mm. Nancy from Oliver. I'd um, do anything. <laughs> anyway, as you were. 
<laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about this, Nancy. Mm. So, released on the 15th of January, the seven-foot-tall post-suicidal feel-good blues is the debut album by Nancy, and it follows last year's Happy Oddities EP. Nancy is Jamie Hall, singer and guitarist in the noise pop band Tiger Cub, and this album is his story about growing up in Sunderland, standing out from the crowd, not least by being seven foot tall, sporting a mullet and a handlebar moustache, and wearing women's clothing. And it's all about him coming to terms and being comfortable with the person that he is. The 10-track album is 28 minutes of emotional ups and downs, peaks and troughs, triumphs and defeats. Nancy sums this album up perfectly by describing the album as a celebration and his coming out party and calls on all the freaks of the world to raise a glass. But it's clearly not been an easy journey to get to this point. The album tackles some rather distressing and suicidal topics, most noticeably on the title track opener, which, despite its flamboyantly carnival-like feel, contains some pretty dark undertones lyrically. So this feels like a good place to open up the discussion on this album. First of all, to me, this feels like another complete mixed bag of different styles, genres, influences. How are we describing this? What do you think? Uh, uh, I've written so many different influences on it. Yeah. It's like every song has something else. Uh, but one of one of the things I landed on, you kind of suggested as much when you said carnival. Really, it's, it's some of it is just it's like crazy fairground punk. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 I, d- I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, I'm if we're if we're having to stick the sort of labels on it, I'm going down the sort of glam rock, psych rock route. Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into some of the influences, some of the different sounds. But I'm hearing a lot of T-Rex. I'm sort of hearing yeah. a bit of even Adam and the Ants, mm-hmm. you know, with it with the opening track. Um, Drops into Pink Floyd quite a lot, I think, especially with yes. some of the madder stuff, like the end of track one, where it just for the last forty five seconds just goes in a completely different direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, very Pink um, Floyd. Happy, happy, the, happy um, as well. Jamie Hall, or, or AKA Nancy, he describes this album as bipolar, which I quite like. Ooh, that's good. I mean, it, it definitely uh, moves between the emotions. I've got George Formby as a possible <laughs> influence on Leave Your Cares Behind, Ukulele and Whistling. I mean, who else does that? I mean, it's it's as a whole album, it's quite interesting, like the sort of feel of it and the sound. It's it's sort of the whole thing is doused with this dreamlike sort of ambient production, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's it's got a very specific, spacey, hypnotic. Um, it sort of really washes over the sound of it and like you know really really surrounds you. Um, and a lot of the time, I think it's what you were referring to with the whole Pink Floyd thing. Sometimes it feels like the instruments have been slowed down and yeah. almost like his voice has been slowed down. Um, it, and, and it sounds sometimes like the tracks are dragging, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's it's got that sort of lazy feel mm-hmm. to it. I think probably um, Pleasure Pain is best example of that, where it sort of really has yeah, got yeah. that sort of ploddy dragging, pulling you back sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really weird song. His voice is quite amazing as well. He's got I, I'm, a lot of it sounds like it's double tracked, or probably more than that. But yeah. um, we're probably not allowed to talk about Marilyn Manson anymore because he's, he turns out he's, he's more horrible than we all thought. But um, his, his voice definitely has that that kind of drama to it, that that that, uh, that that kind of place in his register where he can go to to get something really like, 
that really. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just really, yeah. really works to great effect on all throughout this album. But uh, Pleasure Pen, he's, he's definitely, definitely got that in there. It's kind of catchy though, Pleasure Pen, despite being dark as hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rather impressively, he plays everything on this album. Everything. Everything. If I'd do. <laughs> I play everything. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So it is. Um, it, it, I mean, you know, that's that's that really is really is quite impressive. Opening track, which is the title track of the album. So this sort of starts off. It's got a real sort of funny. It starts off with like a, a that sort of thing, doesn't it? And um, I was listening to this the other day, and my little boy Buddy is just like. That's a funny noise. That makes me laugh, Daddy. As soon as I put it on. Um, he's been really enjoying the start of that song. I haven't told him about the lyrical content. You know, I, I used to think about suicide every week, one of the lines. And um, but, but, it, but that's a perfect example of doing something that we spoke about last week. It's got these really dark lines about, you know, having suicidal tendencies. And the song is so playful. I mean, it, it sounds like T-Rex meets Lily the Pink. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Well, actually, my first words were T Rex meets Marilyn Manson. <laughs> well, but, there you go. But then it's got this flaming lip style production, which you've kind of talked yeah. about all the way through that kind of uh, psych rock stuff. But it's just oscillating out of tune all the way around the song, and then and then it's it, it's it's funny enough got a proper blues structure to it as well. That that tune, mm. it's like it really does until the last forty five Pink Floyd seconds. Did you get the similarities between this and Time to Pretend by MGMT? No, that didn't get me. Although right. there's quite a lot of good uh, synth in here, but no, I didn't well, get No, that. I mean the melody line. No, I didn't. I've got a lot of other melody lines. Right, right. Well, it, that MGMT thing, it follows it almost in parts, oh, yeah, almost does, identically. <laughs> so much so that I was looking at, I've been looking at the, like the, you know, the, the, the credits on the album, because I, I wondered, it's that close. I wondered if there was a sort of Radiohead Hollies vibe going on, you know, with Creep, oh, where yeah. Radiohead mm-hmm. credited the Hollies. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels like it's that close to it. One of the first songs that stood out to me on this album was track seven, Don't Pass Me By. And tell me if you got this, but that chorus is uh, something for the weekend by Super Fairy Animals. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't, but I knew it sounded, I knew it reminded me of something. It's, it's, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the, Don't Pass Me By is one of the more popular moments, I think, on, yeah. the, on the album. And it's, um, the chorus is so strong on it. But yes, it definitely did remind me of something. And then uh, on Death March, which is the last track of the album, it sounds like Organ Donor by DJ Shadow, but with um, with a Kings of Leon melody o- over it. Um, I don't know Kings of Leon that well, but it was like a single, I think, off that album that had Sex on Fire. Right. I can't remember. But it's just like, it's probably like, oh, that and that. But honestly, every song pretty much made me go, oh, it sounds like this or it sounds like that. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it didn't do it in a way that irritated me. Some of the albums yeah. that I've listened to, when I hear things and it does irritate me, um, this not at all. It just it feels to me, like I said, it's a, a real sort of melting pot of different influences. And I just feel that it's sort of Nancy, like giving the odd nod here, the odd nod there to, you know, this is what I'm, do you know what I mean? Like, this is what yeah. I'm into, this is what's inspired me. This is what has come to help me create this album. And it doesn't, it's just not, doesn't seem to be a problem for me at all. The, the, right, the track that I'd heard was track three, Happy, 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 <laughs> which um, I took a bit of a punt on the album off the back of this because it's a one minute song. And this sort of does the opposite thing. It's called Happy, Happy, Happy. It sounds depressing as hell, and it's all about the state of the planet. Um, but 
as read an interview with Nancy, and this is when he talks about the album being bipolar, and when he talks about it being sort of a celebration of um, of his coming out, you know, like a celebration of his coming out party, and it just sort of intrigued me a little bit. So I knew I was taking a little bit of a punt on this album, and I was, I was like, this, this potentially this isn't going to pay off, but but for me it has paid off. I've really enjoyed the album. Oh, I have as well. Yeah, I think it's really enjoyable. Happy, happy, happy is a very catchy song, but like you say. One of the lyrics that stuck out to me in our album, the planet is dying, there's no use denying that happiness is starting to fade. And it's sung in that kind of breezy, uh, upbeat way that the rest of Happy, Happy, Happy is sung. And it's yeah, t- it's quite, but it does uh, make quite creepy, you, isn't it? It's very creepy. I mean, you know, I, I, there are a lot, lot of points on this album where I'm worried for the guy, but... Um, yeah. I but guess. I do like it in the way it feels like it's again. It's like we talked about last week with Viagra Boys. It feels like there's all there's a, definitely a story to this album. This one obviously being more personal than the Viagra Boys, but it feels like there's a journey, and it feels like he's 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 coming round. You know, there's almost like that. that I don't know. It ends with Death March, so I hope not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I do know what you mean. They're all very much of a theme. You can feel they all feel like they've come from the same place, but they are they take on different forms. Like never gonna wake in brackets up. Yeah, is, is one minute and ten of the Ramones. That's a thrash fest, isn't it? Yeah, totally. But even that can't hide how dark the song is. You know, never gonna wake up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, couple of um, couple of songs that I just wanted to sort of flag up a little bit. Um, Leave your cares behind. Mm-hmm. This one could almost be a musical number. Oh, totally! It's like sort of a cappella, got <laughs> whistles going on to start off with. It's real upbeat, real uplifting little number. Um, and then when it goes, come on, let's get it on. It's like it feels like that's a real nod to T Rex, especially the way the guitar then comes in straight after it. Absolutely, it comes in exactly like Get It On. Exactly, exactly. Which is what I was going to before about, you know, it, it feels like more of a nod to a rip-off, uh, rather than rip-offs, you know, of, of, uh, of songs. The other song that I wanted to talk about was uh, Dear Life, Give Me a Sign That I'm Not Alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely gorgeous. And this highlights something that I really like throughout the whole album, but in particular on this track, I love his choice of chords. Oh, nice. It'll be sort of mm-hmm. taking you down a path, and then he'll change. I found this a number of times where he'd be taking you down a path and you think you know where the song's going and he'll change a chord and I feel myself sort of going, oh, nice, out loud. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's that, yeah. oh, hello. I didn't see that coming. Caught me off guard a little bit. Um, but that in particular, that song um, is just a beautiful song. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of anthemic. It's um epic chorus. Really, really fantastic musicality on that track, especially, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. So uh, would you uh, would you see it live? Yeah. I, I I think this would be brilliant live. Um, I think I, I feel like it'd be quite heavy. I feel like that as well. I don't feel like it would be a joyous gig. No, I think I think it could be fun because it's so weird. But I think, but maybe this is all a mask. You know, all the weirdness is is a bit like, well, there's some real issues here. Like, you know, it 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 would be kind of a big big party for the freaks of the world to unite at or whatever he said mm. but I, I, I do think there's a lot of real issues underneath all this sort of joyful crazy funny songs mm. but yeah I'd, li- I'd like to go but I do think it would be heavy <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know there's there's a few bits in the album when I listen to it and I just think oh that'd be good live that there's um, a lot of it is the bassy stuff 
the organ on Death March, which sound does sound like a sort of horror film, like you said, the sort of DJ shadow sound. But it's a huge sound. It's got like this huge bass. The organ really fills out the mix, and then it hits the pre-chorus, and the bass is just massive on it. And I'm sort of listening to this on headphones. I went for a run today and listened to it on headphones. And when that bass kicks in at the end, I was just thinking. This is going to be... That would be one of those bases that hurts when you see it live. Do you know what I mean? You know when you stood there and and everyone looks around going, oh, it gets gets you in the gut. It'd be one of them. Um, And a couple of the... Like Click Clack, for example. Hmm. On on the album, I find it a bit of a throwaway or have been finding it a bit of a sort of throwaway track. It's a bit like the Never Gonna Wake Up, but I don't think it's as kind of as good. It's almost like a part two to that song. Hmm. But... I was just listening to it today thinking th- this would be great live. This would be a great real sort of thrash about live and, you know. Probably would. I mean, it's a strange uh, like production choice and I think there are some really strange production choices through and that, throughout and that's what makes it kind of cool, gives it its sort of really unique feel. But the whole song is produced through a flanging effect and it's like, oh man, that's, that's quite hard to listen to as well. Mm. I'd, I'd be interested to know if they did that sort of thing live. Or if, yeah. or if he or if he didn't, because uh, there's probably more to that song. If I could just get past the effect, yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I put that as a punk th- punk song through a flanger was my only comment on that one. It was like, all right, okay, next. It, <laughs> yeah. it didn't didn't stick with me particularly, but I, I, you know, it all adds to the texture of the album, which I think is ultimately a very good album. Yeah, I agree. And it's clearly a very personal and emotional album. Um, mm. Nothing gets left out there lyrically or, you know, a- anything else. And, and, you know, you can't help but respect that. You know, we we had it a lot last year with different artists going, well, is this a collection of songs or is this someone's artistic vision? And, and actually, you kind of don't have any right to criticise anyone else's artistic course, vision. Really. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're, they've presented this, we're buying into it by listening to it. And, and as a whole piece, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. What are you going to put on a playlist? So for the playlist, I am going to go for um, Dear Life, Give Me a Sign That I'm Not Alone, because I just think it's an absolutely stunning song. I think it's a beautifully written song. Great choice. Right then. In the bag. In the bag. Right then. That was this week. And uh, thanks, Chris. That was lovely. Thank you very much. Another Another couple of albums there. Mm, very good good stuff and uh what we got next week so next week i have picked for our listening pleasure dead hand control by bio Mm. bio bio i'm saying it i would say i would say bio bio yeah b-a-i-o and i've picked uh magic mirror by pearl charles and the track i've heard is track one only for tonight and what track have you heard off bios album i have heard the title track dead hand control what do you think it means dead hand control (coughs) (laughs) sorry i didn't uh, (coughs) i got a bit of acid reflux or something that's horrible (laughs) (laughs) it was a it was a surprising question i understand yeah well let's leave that there let's leave it (laughs) yeah Um. (laughs) right then thanks ever so much for listening folks and uh, if you'd like to get in touch please do usual channels adventuresinnewmusic at gmail.com or on the Instagram and uh, don't forget to do you want to take over? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, you're doing a great job. All right. Thanks, mate. Don't forget to like or subscribe or leave a review or whatever you like to do. That would be ever so nice. And it'd be uh, delightful to hear from you if you have anything to say. Cool. And we'll check in with you next week with our next two albums. Hooray. All right. Wonderful stuff. Take care, everyone. Big love. Bye-bye. Bye.